You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful and we are most thankful to you this evening for another day in your presence. Our prayer, O God, is simply that we will find you as we are looking for you. So whatever obstacle, whatever hindrance, whatever impediment that prevents us from finding you, from seeking you, we ask that this evening, let it all be taken away. And as we learn these little, little things that you are showing us through your word, and we put them to practice, may we find you even as you said, those who seek you diligently will find you in Jesus' name. Amen. We started a conversation last week, Tuesday, called Seeking God. And in dealing with that subject, we did talk about the quiet place. Now, the purpose was to introduce us to the concept of seeking God. And what we talked about last week was that in seeking God, there are four outcomes to seeking God. It's either we will find Him and find life and peace. It's either that we might lose ourselves. Now, I'm not going to go into the four outcomes because we are going to upload the episode that deals with it later on. But the summary of it is that when we enter into the realm of the spirit it's either that we find life or we find death and destruction and so we said many things and i drew your attention to many examples biblical examples of these four outcomes and so we said that knowing that these are the possible outcomes of our search the best place to start seeking God from is from the quiet place. The quiet place is a place where we are able to steal our souls, to know that God is God. It is that place we are able to steal our souls. And remember, the Bible says that, be still and know that I am God. Be still. And know that I am God. That requires us learning to focus. Learning to focus. And we did say that the, the quiet place is the place of peace. The place of peace is the place of trust. It's the place where our, our dependence is totally on God. Our focus is totally on God, where we block the world out. And, and as we block the world out, we know that the Lord himself works through us. Stillness, the quiet place also actually deals with being able to bring ourselves to the place of some of the things we are going to talk about today. So we did talk about the quiet place and uh, 
I don't want to talk about meditation because meditation is the key point of the quiet place. But I'm going to try and tie it all in tonight. Tonight, my the 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 second thing or the second step I want to um, address. The second issue I want to address in seeking God is about us coming to the knowledge of what I call biblical methods. There are biblical methods and there are non-biblical methods to seeking God. Now remember, God is a spirit, right? And because God is a spirit, um, that's in John chapter 4, when we start reading verses 23 and 24, it says that God is spirit, and those that seek him are seeking in spirit and in truth. And last week I was drawing your attention to the fact that Mohammed and Joseph Smith, they all saw something about a spirit, but what they encountered was not of God. So in seeking God, there are biblical methods and there are non-biblical methods. Another example of a non-biblical method is the case of Balaam in the book of Numbers, chapters 22 to 24. When you start reading the, the, the content of that story, we are told that the king of Moab wanted to curse Israel as a nation. And so he went to contract Balaam who had a reputation for these kinds of spiritual work. And so he went to contract him. And when Balaam cast the oracles and sought the opinion of God concerning the matter, God told him that this is not a case he, God, is interested in because Israel is his possession, is his chosen people. And so he shouldn't do it. But we are told that the king of Moab continued to send emissaries to him and they urged him with much enticement and he gave in eventually well what saved him was his donkey because the angel of the lord was about to kill him in the way to go and curse israel but, but his donkey we know saved him so there are non-biblical methods another non-biblical method is in the book of joshua joshua received the promise that go and take over the land and wherever you go i will give you victory right so when we read second chronicles chapter 33 we are told that israel is going to war and they have they've already heard from god that if you go to war you will win this battle but what we see is that the the king of judah at that time remember judah was then a territory of the canaanites it wasn't then the territory of Israel. So the king of Judah, who was called King Manasseh, sacrificed his sons by fire. King Mesha of Moab also sacrificed his oldest son. This one is seen in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 27. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 27. When Israel was fighting and Israel was winning, the Bible says that the king sacrificed his eldest son, who was going to 
succeed him as king on the gates or the walls of his city. And the Bible says, And the anger of the Lord was turned, and God told Israel to withdraw. This is not the biblical way to seek God. You realize that what he did drew a response from God, but that is not the biblical way to see God. God does not require us to sacrifice our children. That is why I quoted Second Chronicles chapter 33, verse 6. Now, King Manasseh is the, the son of Hezekiah, the son he should have never had. <laughs> it's funny. You know, when God told Hezekiah that he was going to die, he begged and he was given 15 years. When he was given 15 years, he gave birth to this son called King Manasseh. And the Bible describes him, describes him as the most wicked. He was the most wicked of the kings in Judah because he sacrificed his son to the God of the Moabites. So, there is a right way to seek God and there is a wrong way. In our time, we have people who try to seek God through prophets. As much as it is a good way, in my opinion, it is not the right way. Because you see, in seeking God, we are supposed to learn to seek God for ourselves. So going to the prophet to seek God on your behalf, you might hear from God, but at the end of the day, your faith will not be built as much as if you had sought God for yourself. So tonight, I want to approach this topic in two ways. When we talk about the biblical way of seeking God, I've categorized it into two sections. We have the supernatural section and we have the natural section. Now, the supernatural session is going to deal with being able to seek God through the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. Seeking God through the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then the other one is going to be the natural means. That is going to be a skill-based seeking. So the other one is based on supernatural abilities given by spirit. And the other one is a skill that you will learn. So with that one, you have to pursue it through knowledge. You will need knowledge, understanding and learning to be able to develop in that aspect to seek God. So in saying that, let's look at some examples. We are talking about seeking God through biblical methods. So what are some of the biblical methods that when we read the Bible, we are going to see the prophets and the righteous men and women of old be employed to get to contact God. Now, the first technology or the first method that the Bible reveals to us in order to be able to reach out to God is found in Genesis chapter 4 and from Genesis chapter 4 we are going to see this practice go until 
the time of Christ where the real substance of it is revealed. And that is called through the avenue of sacrifices. Through the avenue of sacrifices. So when we read Genesis chapter 4, we all know about the story of Cain and Abel. And how they presented an offering to God through sacrifice. And after they presented an offering to God through sacrifice, you will realize that the Bible says that God had respect for the offering of Abel. Now, the one thing about this story that a lot of people overlook is the first aspect of seeking God, that is the supernatural means. The Bible says that they offered sacrifices and after that, God spoke to Cain after he killed Abel. And Cain answered God. The question we have to ask is that, how did that interaction take place? Was it a vision? Was it uh, God literally appearing to Cain and questioning him? Was it through a dream? Right? So, we have to understand that when we read the Old Testament and when we read the New Testament, one of the key things we are going to say is that these people clearly believed to have spoken to God or believed they spoke to a representative of the kingdom of heaven. And they were convinced about it. And so, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 tells us this concerning the spiritual do not be ignorant now in most of our bibles we are going to see concerning spiritual brethren concerning spiritual gifts do not be ignorant or do not be uninformed because you are going to realize that spiritual gift is actually a, a channel through which we are able to seek God. Now, what spiritual gifts does is that it opens up our senses. Now, when we begin to read the Old Testament in particular, one of the things you are going to see is that they operated more from the spiritual gifts. Then they developed the skill-based abilities or methods to contact God. They developed more the spiritual gift. They received the spiritual gift so they could hear God, they could see God, and they could communicate with Him. And the communication was done through some natural means, sometimes through dreams, which is a, a natural skill that God has given man to have. But most of us have not developed ourselves in that area. So most of them are going to speak to him either through dreams. Some of, some, of, some of them are going to speak to him in person. Anybody who is able to speak to God in person is someone who is operating through the method of the spiritual gift. So, and the spiritual gift we are talking about for us in the New Testament is what we will call the discerning of spirit the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and uh, the word of prophecy. These are the abilities and even 
speaking in tongues and interpretation these are the abilities that allows us to communicate to god right it helps us to communicate to god now when we read genesis chapter 8 this we have to go through the bible somehow so that because we are talking about biblical methods so as i was saying you are going to realize that the men of old operated both the spiritual method and the skill based and so the most prominent thing that you and i must learn especially if you are going to contact god or if we want god to get in touch with us is learn how to sacrifice and when i say sacrifice i'm not saying that because we are talking about sacrifice and go and give us offering and god will appear to you sometimes that's what is going to take but mostly when we talk about sacrifice for us it is about what we are bringing to the altar of god and for some of you it has to be your time for some of you it has to be your service for some people it just have to be your availability right so please don't tie sacrifices only to money in the old testament you are going to realize that every avenue called sacrifice that men employed to get in contact with god required that they either give something that was part of their possessions right so they have to give up something that was part of their possessions and that included giving bulls goats and and to some prayer there is something when i was learning these things there is something that caught my attention in genesis chapter 8 that i want to share but i'm going to dwell more on on something in um, genesis chapter 13 but let's start from genesis chapter 8 genesis chapter 8 when we start reading from verse 15 it will say that god spoke to noah go out of the ark god spoke to noah the question is how did god speak to noah if god spoke to noah and god said to noah go out if noah was operating through the spiritual gift then noah will be operating the gift of discerning of spirit and what the gift of discerning of spirit does is that it helps you to discern the presence of a spirit whether the spirit is a maligned spirit or a good spirit so sometimes how it works is that you you will see like you are looking at human beings whilst we are all looking at the air you will literally see that there's somebody standing there you will close your eyes you see the person standing there you open your eyes you see the person standing there or you see a being standing there so that is the gift of designing of spirit in operation and i personally i am convinced that most of these prophets of old they truly operated in this capacity so when we say that god spoke to noah go out you realize that noah hears noah responds now there is the other aspect that happens to all of us that is the hearing of the voice in our hearts it comes as a thought in our mind it comes as an impression 
it comes as a feeling there is also that operation of the spirit and so one day my sister gifty was asking me like when you are ministering and you are you are you are prophesying when the grace to prophesy comes do you see visions do you see pictures and i tell him i have never seen a picture or a vision whilst i am prophesying ever i have never seen it but all the same i can say i can see because i have this impression that is so clear in my mind it is so clear in my mind that i know it's real i don't know how to explain it but it's like all of a sudden there's a picture of something in my mind and i can see the image and i can describe it but i am not technically seeing a vision as in seeing a picture like somebody for for some people that i know that will preach in the zenith of spirit somebody will say that i'll see a screen brought before me then i'll be watching the thing on the screen play out and as i watch the thing on the screen play out i i see it as i am seeing it or as i'm watching some people will also see writings on people's forehead on people's heart so he can look at your face and say that you were born in june 1926 and you say it's true because what he's literally looking at is your date of birth printed on your chest or on your forehead so there is that level of oppression right now when you continue to read downwards you are going to come to verse 17 and he's going god is going to tell him that bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you birds cattle every creeping thing and we were going to read in verse 20 that noah built an altar to the lord took of every clean animal of the clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar now if you read the bible you are going to notice something particularly about the burnt offering you will realize that anybody that ever offered a burnt offering usually had god appear to them or heard the voice of god so now that i have said it anytime you are reading your bible especially the old testament and you read in a place that god appears to them abraham solomon you are going to see that it includes the giving of the burnt offering and even for balaam when you read numbers chapter 22 to 24 particularly numbers chapter 23 you're going to realize that balaam tried to offer burnt offerings to the lord even though he was not of god right he was not of god but he used the biblical method of contacting god because he knew the skill he had the knowledge of the skill right so he said i built for me what seven altars prepare for me seven bulls seven rams and he did what he offered is what we call a burnt offering right so you are going to realize that all the people that offered burnt offering to the lord they had an encounter with the divine so one way of seeking god is through sacrifices but particularly the sacrifice called the burnt offering for you and i as new testament believers we cannot go and kill goats and bulls and offer them as burnt offering so you have to understand that the bible says that christ has become our burnt offering right christ is now our burnt offering
if Christ is our burnt offering, then you have to understand that every prayer that we make in Christ, every sacrifice we make in Christ. So sometimes God is saying that, okay, for the next 20 days, I want you to pray from 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. As long as you are doing it in Christ, that offering can be considered a burnt offering. Right. So let's let's remember that. So we also see Abraham offer his burnt offering in Genesis chapter 12. And when we read particularly in verse 7, it says that the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And then he built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. So here we see that God appeared to him. One of the things I want you to know is that Jesus can appear to you. The Holy Spirit can appear to you. The Lord can appear to you. When you begin to seek God, Jesus can himself in person, not in a dream, not in a vision. Jesus can literally just as after the, the resurrection, he walked to the disciples when they had shut themselves in. He can literally do that with you. So you have to know that there is that possibility, right? So God can appear to you. How does God appear to us? I believe the key is in John chapter 14, verse 22 to 24. He said that, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us? Sorry, he's talking about Jesus appearing. How will you manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. So whoever does not love me does not keep my word. So it is the keeping of the word of God, right? The keeping of the scripture, the principles of the scripture. The, the commandments that the Holy Spirit will give you. When you are a person who obeys the scripture and obeys the commandments of God, Jesus will literally manifest himself to you with his Father. So that is how please out our time, keeping up the word. So you realize that for every Old Testament picture, there's a New Testament version of it. Now, we need to develop the skills so that we will not make a mess of the gift. Because you can have the gift, but if you don't have the skill, it, it can become detrimental to your life and to everybody else around you. So, what are the skills? The skill involves meditation, it involves thinking, it involves questioning, it involves dreaming it involves pursuing the knowledge of god these five things when we begin to do it meticulously and also religiously you are going to see that god is going to use that means to appear to us for instance if you pray every day consistently for a number of days if you pray in the spirit every day consistently for a number of days, I guarantee that everything about your life will change. I'm going to touch on that maybe in the next 10 minutes. Job 33 verses 14 to 18. 
Now, I want you to understand that God wants to appear to everybody. God wants to reveal himself to all of us. So he says that for God speaks in one way and in two, but man does not perceive it. So it means that we are not spiritually sensitive. So the best thing he does is that he gives us a dream. And the dream is explained to me a vision of the night. When deep sleep falls on man, when they slumber on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and terrifies them with warnings that man may turn aside from his deeds and conceal pride and keep his soul back from the pit, his life from perishing by the sword. So, you remember that God wants to speak to all of us. God wants all of us to find him. But the thing is that when God speaks in one way, we don't perceive it. So it means that we have to develop all these skills in order that if God employs any of the ways to speak to us, we'll be able to perceive it. Now, for those who have the spiritual gift, they don't have to struggle like you and I who have to develop the skill in order to even get the gift. There are young people, four, five, they have never prayed, they've never fasted, they've done nothing in their lives. But they can see you and they begin to tell you everything about your life. They can tell you your name, they can tell you who you've been with. You can. And it's not that they've taken Jesus Christ. They have not stood anywhere to say, I have taken Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It is the gift of the Spirit at work in them. But for most of us, you need to develop the skill, which is knowledge-based, which which means we have to learn to develop the natural source. And the most natural source that God has given us to seek Him is His Word, His prayer, His meditation, and it is through dreams. So, as you read the Word, as you pray, as you meditate, as you think on the Word, as you question the word, the more regular you do these things, these things will begin to happen to you. You will begin to dream. When I say dream, I mean you, you will know that you are having significant dreams because you are going to realize that you are going to dream and you're going to see a person the next day you go out and you're going to see the person you dreamt about. And sometimes, Whatever the person did in the dream, you are going to see that thing play out in front of you. You are going to begin to see visions. You are going to begin to have trances. You are going to begin to have impressions of the Spirit. One day I was praying in church. We raised a particular prayer topic. And we were about to close. It was the last prayer we were praying. And all of a sudden, I began to smell smoke. I smelled smoke burning and I, I asked myself ah who is burning rubber at this time of the night so i went out of the church to see where the smoke was coming from and i realized that the smoke was not coming from anywhere then the scripture it made sense to me he says that and their prayer rose like an incense a sweet perfume or a sweet aroma unto the lord so then it made sense to me that whatever prayers that we had prayed that day, the Lord had accepted 
our prayer as an offering so you can smell sometimes you can smell death sometimes i go into a room then all of a sudden i can smell hospital you know that the hospital has a smell i am not in a hospital but i can smell hospital instantly i know that there's somebody in that place who has a terminal disease it can either be cancer it can be hiv aids something that is incurable i know that there's somebody in that environment that has that disease you can smell it or all of a sudden i know that there is somebody who is in that environment that is sick that god wants me to pray for that person so don't think that it's only about dreaming it affects every part of our senses now what i want to draw your attention to also is in seeking god through biblical method you have to understand that god can be found in certain geographic locations god can be found in certain geographic locations those places we call portals portals now how do we know about a portal the first attention well i don't know if you've seen it in your bible but if you love genesis like i do you are going to notice a lot of things in genesis and in genesis chapter 13 now remember in genesis chapter 12 god appears to abraham and talks to him there was first the appearing and one was through a dream he had a vision in a dream right but in genesis chapter 13 something interesting happened to abraham you are going to realize that abraham makes a sacrifice and after he makes a sacrifice that is when you read from chapter 12 you are going to realize that he's going to make a sacrifice unto god right so there he built an altar when you look at verse 7 and 8 you're going to realize that he built an altar to the god that appeared to him and then he sees something interesting in verse 8 he moved from there to the mountain east of bethel and he pitched his tent with bethel i don't know if you are noticing and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and on I on the east. And there he built an altar and called upon the name of the Lord. Now, I want you to take notice of those two locations, Bethel and I. Now, when we come to chapter 13, this same Abraham, the Lord appears to him. And when you start reading for 14, he says that that is genesis chapter 13 verse 14 he says that the lord said to abraham after lot had separated from him lift your eyes look from the place where you are so he lifted up his eyes and he saw a vision and the lord asked him to count the the stars and all those things but let's go to verse number 18 and in verse number 18, another interesting thing is said there. Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees. Now remember, Abraham keeps moving his tent to certain places, right? But in chapter 13, verse 18, it's very interesting that he says that 
he moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre. And the oaks of Mamre is the same as the terebinth trees. And he says that there also he did what? He built an altar to the Lord. Now, let's fast forward. Let's go to chapter 18, verse 1 and 2. I want to know if you notice it. And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. And verse 2 explains how the Lord appeared to him. What did he do? He lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, three men were standing in front of him. So that is how we know it's a vision. He saw a vision. He lifted up his eyes, looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from his tent to meet them and bow down. Don't you think it's funny? How do you lift your eyes and see men standing in front of you, yet you run to go and meet them? So it means that when he pitched, what I'm trying to draw your attention to is that when you are reading the story of Abraham, you are going to see a lot that he liked to sit by the terebinth trees or the what we call the oaks of Mamre. It was a portal. It was a gate. It was a gate. And you are going to realize that it is in this same place. Remember the chapter 13. He says that it was between I and Bethel. Bethel at that time was not called Bethel. So the information that we are being given that the place is called Bethel is a hindsight information because the place is called Luz, L-U-Z, Luz. And Jacob is going to tell us this story later on. So it is this same place that Jacob came to sleep when he was traveling. And that is Genesis 28. And you are going to realize that he had a dream in that particular spot. So when you read Genesis 28, verse 11, it says that, So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set and he lay on stones. And there he dreamed and behold, a ladder. Right? I, I don't want to get into the intricacies of what the ladder and the vision meant. Because all these things that we are talking about, they are temple systems. The Oaks of Mamre is a temple system because remember, he built an altar there. And we already said it that we raise an altar to invite and invoke spirit. And so by raising an altar, he consecrated that space for God to appear in it. And whenever you build a temple, a temple is to house and to host a spirit. So when you create a gateway, spirit will come through gateways. So the example, the, the most natural example I can give is that if you sleep in a shrine for three days, you don't have to pray to the God or the spirit in the shrine. Just say that I am tired. I don't have any place to sleep. Go and sleep in the shrine for three days. You will never be a natural human being again. Why? Because you slept in a place that is a portal. Now, the next interesting place is this. Now, remember, Genesis 28, he calls the place what? Bethel, the house of God. Now, remember, when you read this same Genesis 28, 
Jacob is going to say to God that, I'm going to go to my uncle's house. When you start reading from verse 15, he says that, I'm going to go to my uncle's house. And if you go with me and bring me back to this place, then you will be my God. So, when you read verse 20, he says this, Jacob made a vow saying that if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house and all that you give me, I will surely give you a tenth. Right? So this is where people begin to talk about the tithe and all those things there. But that's not my focus. My thing is that I want you to remember that the place of the stone is the place of God's house. So he goes to his uncle's house, Genesis chapter 31, verse 11. You see this, the angel of God spoke to me in a dream. So remember, he's having a dream. I am here. And he said, lift your eyes now and see all the realms. And then he saw the vision. Verse 13 says that I am the God of Bethel. So he's saying that I am the one you saw on top of the ladder where you made a vow to me. Now remember, when he was making that vow, God heard the vow. How did God hear? Because he came out of the dream. He came out of the vision before he made that vow. For some of you, when you dream and you dream that you are in America you are a big business person, you are an anointed preacher, you are preaching. When you wake up, you say all kinds of, God, if this thing comes to pass, eh, know that the Lord has heard it. I'm the God of Bethel where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise, get out of this land and return to the land of the family. So remember, it's all about going back to Bethel, right? So, I want to show you something that happened, right? Let's go to chapter 32, verse 1 and 2. So, Jacob returns to Bethel, the place where he saw the angels ascending and descending. Something strange happened there. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. It wasn't a vision. It wasn't a dream. The angels of God came to meet him. After the angel of the Lord had appeared to him and said, I am the God of Bethel, the, the place where you made your promise, your vow. And Jacob saw them. So it means that this one, it wasn't a dream. He saw them. And he said that this is God's camp. So he called the name of the place Mahanaim. So Mahanaim means that it's the camp of God. What am I saying? God literally commanded angels to make their camp in the place where the ancestors of Jacob, starting from Abraham, had said that this will be the house of God. God made a camp, making sure that his angels were there to secure that land. Isn't that interesting? Portals. So there are some churches, there are some prayer meeting places, there are some fellowships, if you enter, you have entered into a portal and by reason of your presence there, you will meet God. You will dream a dream, you will see a vision. 
some places to when you go and you come out you will know that ah it's as if something has left me and i am dying so let's be mindful of these things now having talked about portals and having drawn your attention to the fact that portals are literally temple systems right the biblical way for us to seek god is to try to develop our natural abilities that natural ability is dream dream is the most natural ability to hear from god as we saw in job chapter 33 because you are too busy in your life so how do you know that you are hearing from god just buy a book anytime you dream write it down that's the first start begin to record your dreams it is a discipline you have to learn it is a skill the skill of writing the skill of writing record your dreams you some of us we are so lazy we can't even take pen and paper to write it is called the skill of writing develop the skill of writing when you have you don't understand you write it down write it down write the dates write the time if you can remember when you woke up and you look at your watch it was the, write it and write be as detailed as possible everything that you can remember write it down write it down when you write it write it for about two weeks come back come and read it you'll be surprised how god spoke to you and how some of the things that you wrote that you think it was nothing in hindsight you realize that it's making a lot of sense the biblical method is learn to write your dream now you see because abraham wrote his dream you know what he dreamt because jacob wrote his dream you know what he dreamt <laughs> i'm not saying they wrote it i'm not saying they wrote it sometimes they use what we call the oral tradition right they remembered and they told their dreams so that people could say oh this thing that you dreamt about it's like that's what is happening right? so write your dreams so if you don't have a book dedicated to dreaming go and buy a special book dedicate it to dreaming for prophecies and for any other supernatural experience that you might have purposely for dreaming write it down write it down and don't just write it down write it down and read over them think about them meditate on it what does it mean daniel had a dream he said that the dreams of my head troubled me so i decided not to eat meat or drink wine and after 21 days an angel appeared to explain to him what he saw so don't just write it for fashion sake so that you said i'm writing no write and read that's the first thing the second thing is that learn to think on the word of god right when you read a scripture and the scripture is in your heart don't be in a rush to go and read another thing have you realized that sometimes you wake up and there is a song in your heart sing that song don't don't be in a rush to sing another song stick to that song 
keep singing that song it is god ministering to your spirit right it is a biblical method he will give you a song in the morning when you read the psalms that's what he says the lord will give us a song in the morning we will sing your song early in the morning and there's also something about early morning i will seek the lord early in the morning right so learn to think on the word now the word is not just scripture pay attention to what i'm saying the word is not just scripture the word is prophecy the word is a message that you heard in a dream think on that word ask questions concerning that word pray about that word and as you do it you are going to realize that you can hear from god right so remember think on the word the word does not literally mean the bible scripture is part there is the the logos the written word the graphe the greek will call it and there is the revealed word so the word that god has revealed to you or the word that you have encountered in the scripture that is ministering to your spirit learn to dwell on that word i have spent six months just reading the book of matthew before some people want to read the entire bible in the whole year i just feel like i wanted to know what jesus the words of jesus so i dedicated it to matthew in particular even though sometimes i read the other gospels so sometimes just take a book and just read it over and over again and you will discover amazing things and you realize that it is god that is speaking to you the the other thing i want to talk about before we close you can seek god by his name by his name if god is a deliverer if god is a healer and maybe you heard somebody's testimony and you find yourself in a peculiar situation and in that situation that you found yourself you realize that god ministered to that person also and the person said that god healed me god delivered me god blessed me god changed my story based on what you have heard you can take the name that you have gathered from that experience and begin to seek god through the name the revealed name god i came to this place and this person had was in this situation and they said that they prayed to you and then you heard them and you changed their story and they are telling me that you are the god that makes a way i want to know you if truly you are the god that makes a way show me that you are the god that makes the way and god will appear in your life by revealing himself as the god that makes the way so we can seek him through his name or as we have one name that name is jesus christ right jesus the christ jesus is his earthly name the christ is his heavenly title in the christ the christ is not just a heavenly title it is an office he occupies in the heavenlies and as the christ he performs so many functions and sometimes we know him by the function of his office right 
So you can say that the office of the special prosecutor or the attorney general, when you hear their name and the, and the function of their office, you know they are lawyers. They are lawyers. They prosecute cases. They litigate cases. They mitigate. Right? So if we understand the function of the office of the Christ, then we can discover through the function of the office and name and we can pursue him through that name and you realize that even when god appeared to the men of old he's going to say that he appeared to them by a name so they knew him after he had appeared to them they gave him a name so isaac knew him as the lord that supplies um the, the god that sees Elroy, because when the what the wells were stopped, he made a way for the wells to be unstopped. So he is the God that sees Elroy. To Abraham, he was the Almighty. He appeared to Abraham as the Lord Almighty. To Jacob, he was Adonai. Adonai. So we can seek him through his name. And that is the one key that Jesus gave us. He said that. If you will ask anything in my name, you will receive it. You will have it. So if you will seek the Father through the name of Jesus the Christ, you are going to find him. You are going to find him. And how do you seek? We seek by praying. And for us in the New Testament, we seek by particularly praying praying more in the spirit praying more in the spirit i want to challenge all of us you see we want to know that what we are talking about it works so i want to challenge all, all of us from now from this evening till the end of april i want you to wake up pick 30 minutes in the day just Pray in the Holy Spirit. Don't pray with your understanding. Don't sing. 30 minutes every day. If you can do more than 30 minutes, do more than 30 minutes. Just pray in the Spirit. This is my personal experience that I share with you. When I started praying in the Spirit regularly and consistently, I realized that at first, when I dream, I used to forget my dream. And many of, of, of us here are like that. When we dream and we wake up, we, we forget our dreams. We, we will never remember it, no matter what we do. So it used to happen to me a lot. So I started praying in the Spirit more consistently. And I started praying in the Spirit more than I prayed with my understanding. And all of a sudden, I realized that one day, all of a sudden, one day, I realized that I could remember dreams that I had forgotten. Sometimes, like today is, let's say, let's assume that if today was Thursday, I could all of a sudden remember a dream I had on Monday. And whilst I am praying in the spirit and I remember the dream, I realized that it's like a lens. I can zoom in and out of the dream, asking with regarding the details of the dream. 
and so my mind became very retentive when it came to the things i could remember concerning my dreams then uh, also the the level of prophetic dreaming also increased and also i realized that i became more confident when i i was saying things like and the lord is telling me to say this i became more confident when i began to pray in the spirit my my spirit became so sensitive and prophesying became easier for me i don't know most of you don't know but one of the things i dread one of the things i fear to do is to prophesy because you see that to me bible says that i will give account of every word that i spoke so if i stand here and i tell you that god sees and that day i appear before him and say that on the 4th of april 2023 at 10 10 o'clock p.m gmt in the midst of your tuesday meeting you said that i said this how how did how did i say that to you i have to be able to defend myself so one of the things i'm afraid to do is to say i am prophesying but i realized that the more i prayed in the spirit my confidence grew i became more courageous i became more bold i became more sure and i became more certain so these are some of the biblical ways we can seek god right through the spiritual gift through the natural avenues the natural avenues the one i want you to remember the most is your dream life so go and buy your book and start recording your dreams but your dream life is even pointless if you are not praying if you are not fasting if you are not meditating and if you are not reading your scriptures so in order to have a more accurate dream life to raise your confidence you have to learn to read the bible consistently persistently you have to learn to pray consistently persistent the word of god sometimes it's just one word think about it sir then all of a sudden something will ignite and you realize that it will lead to other things god bless you for listening maranatha the lord comes